When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to the Steel Curtain Call. I'm Jeremy Betts, and I'm joined by Shannon White and all of you listening in live to us here on YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, wherever you like to get your lives. We are here for you, and we're going to bring you some awesome content today. I'm filling in for the great, the one and only GB Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, Shannon was kind enough to invite me on and we're going to talk some Steelers football Shannon how you doing tonight I'm doing great I just appreciate you filling in and uh, I, I immediately thought of you because I've been wanting to do a podcast with you and I said this was a great opportunity and thankfully we got a lot to talk about there's a lot of Steeler news right now there is man we I came in on a good week uh, don't yeah. have to don't have to manufacture anything we're we're gonna have some stuff to talk about here um so let me get your, your opinion on this first, Shannon. Um, in, in the doldrums of the offseason where we, we, we get some of these respites, if you will, from just the, the lack of really anything going on. So OTAs, and then obviously you've got training camp down the road as well. Um, what, what keeps you going as a Steelers fan during these times here? Well, usually it's a lot rougher than it is this year. Because yeah. under Kevin Colbert, it was so predictable and so boring. The offseason was hopefully we can re-sign a couple of guys that we want. Yeah. We might go after one medium price free agent. And then the draft was where we, you know, Colbert really focused. And that was a long period of time in the offseason where nothing happened. So this offseason has been marvelous. It's just been so entertaining. Con and Weidel are, are just pulling moves off left and right, including another one today. So yeah. that makes it – that's made this offseason so much more fun and enjoyable. Well, let's talk about that signing, Shannon. You know, on most of my shows, I pre-record like the day before, so I don't often get to be a part of talking about really recent, as in happened today news. But we, we have a signing, ladies and gentlemen. If you missed it, the Steelers adding – super important, much needed depth to their outside linebacker edge rusher room in the form of Marcus Golden, formerly of the Cardinals and the Giants, a, a man who has quite a resume actually, and should come in and provide valuable reps and snaps and hopefully, you know, be kind of a, a guy who, unlike Malik Davis last year, uh, can step in and kind of maybe, maybe, eliminates some of the drop-off that you saw when Highsmith or Watt left the field for extended periods of time or for their breaks. You know, maybe this guy can do that. How do you feel about it, though, Shannon? Because I know 
Um, you know, you talked about it earlier. You're like, if we have a Marcus Golden signing, we're going to want to talk about that tonight. So you kind of called it. Tell us your thoughts. Well, I was hoping that it would happen today. So that way we we could have the first opportunity to discuss it tonight. Um, when they signed Malik Reed last year, I was like, oh, I don't know about him because yeah. he was small. He was he was he was not only short, but he was light, like 228, 230 at the max. And to be an edge player for the Steelers, you pretty much you could be a little shorter, but you got to be, you know, at least 245 to 260. Mm. They like their their edge guys to be like a smaller 4-3 defensive end almost. Sure. And Reed could not set the edge to save his life last year. When he was in the game, everybody run at him because he just got blown off the ball. I don't know who was softer. I, I didn't know whether to call Reed Sharman or call Devin Bush Sharman because they were <laughs> sharp and soft. I mean, they got blown off the ball. Reed tried, yeah. though. The difference yeah. is Reed really tried. He he gave a lot of effort, but he was just way too small. A terrible fit. Now, Golden is a different cat. Yes, he Golden's is. Golden's about 6'2", and 260. Yeah. And if you've seen him in the past, he sets a really good edge, which I'm excited about. Because if he comes in, they can't automatically say, okay, even if it's third and five, we're going to run at him. Right. And then as a pass rusher, he only had two and a half sacks last year. But he had 20 pressures or quarterback hits. That's mm. the same number that Highsmith had. Now, Highsmith had 14 and a half sacks. So he got home a lot more, but the Steelers supporting cast is going to be, he's with so much more yes. talent surrounding him than he had in Arizona. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, no Chandler Jones for the Cardinals last year and kind of left Marcus golden on an Island, if you will, yeah. as, as their top pass rusher. And he's always been at his best in a tandem where he's, he doesn't have to be the main focus. And, when you're in Pittsburgh, you're not going to be the main focus where where they've got TJ Watt in place and Alex Highsmith in place as well. So I, I definitely like the signing for sure. And I mean you're getting some comments here, Shannon. Uh really liking your uh your toilet paper reference there. <laughs> That's good stuff. So well, well there was it... times last year that yeah. I like to flush both of them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, I'll tell you what, I, I've been kind of on the opposite spectrum for those who don't obviously get into our Slack channel. I was more of a Devin Bush uh, supporter than Shannon was this, this last year. And, but in the end, you know, Shannon, I think you, you took the cards there. He was, he was quite under underwhelming uh, overall. So, Um, and thank you also for the soft correction on me saying Malik Davis and you just, just coming out saying Malik Reed. I, I appreciate you not calling me out too much there. That was, very friendly of you. <laughs> I, I butcher I butcher names all the time, so I yeah. will never call anybody on that. I'm just glad I got one of them right. You know, so <laughs> we're we're at 50% there tonight. So um, thank you to all of you who are here with us. If you wanted to uh, leave a, a a chat, a super chat for us, and we'll bring it up on the show. We'll talk about it here. But let's keep rolling here, Shannon. I'm going to skip down our list a little bit because it kind of has something to do with what we've been talking about here uh, of storylines coming out of OTAs. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's talk Alex Highsmith. He's working out 
and working on an extension. So being a part of the team at OTAs, showing he's a team first player, I really like that. I'm sure you do as well. But the fact also that the talks haven't gone away, that he's he's in line for potentially an extension here, to me, doesn't make sense from his side because of what he could potentially do. But maybe the Steelers are looking to really uh, give this guy some good money. And, with, and so talk about that. Um, here the potential for an Alex Highsmith extension before training camp is the hope and what that would mean for the Steelers moving forward. Well, I am a huge Alex Highsmith fan. Yes. I love walk-ons. I love guys who have proven that they can go on at a, a college program as an afterthought and leave as a draft pick. That shows dedication not only to – do your responsibilities of class and everything else, but that he lived in the weight room. You see how he's still building his body. I mean, when he come in as a rookie, he had trouble setting the edge and he come back the next year and he was one of the best in the league at it. He, his upper body is just getting bigger and bigger. He has, mm. he has improved his explosiveness. His explosive scores, his RSA scores were good, but I guarantee you if he was retested, they're much better now because you can't improve in that if you put in the work. And that is what Highsmith has done. And you see him get better each year. Now, I understand what you're saying, that it doesn't make sense from his point of view, but it's kind of like Trubisky coming back. Right. When you like where you're at and you like who you work for and you like your coaches and you like your teammates, and your family likes the environment and the culture, it makes sense. There's more to just chasing one extra million. Right. And so to me, Alex Hasmith, I think they're probably talking to him 17, 18 million a year. I'm just guessing. And which is a substantial pay raise for him. Absolutely. He can stay in Pittsburgh. He loves it there. His work ethic, his uh, dedication fits the Steelers' culture perfectly. Yeah. He's smart enough to realize if he goes somewhere else, it might not be the same. It won't be the same. Yeah. He won't be playing opposite TJ Watt. He won't be lining up next to Cam Hayward. I mean, there you have to look at the big picture. To me, it makes total sense for both parties involved to get this done now. Because yeah. if a Steelers wait and he has another 15 sacks, yeah. then everybody, and he hits the market, everybody's going to be coming after him. He can wait and, you know, but he knows the stores won't be able to afford him probably. Right. Yeah, and, and here's the the thing that I think I, I still overlook personally is that Omar Khan is the finance guru for this mm-hmm. team still and has been for years. And now he's the head dude calling the shots. Mm-hmm. So in the past where maybe Kevin Colbert was uh, wary about trying to make something work with the cap for keeping a player potentially – if Omar Khan feels it's justifiable and he wants to do it, he gets to make that decision now. And so I think that that opens up a world of possibilities for the Steelers. And I think we're seeing that here with the moves that they've made. Marcus Golden, some of the free agent signings that they that they have made, they're not afraid to just load up on some talent because Khan's calling the shots and he knows that he can handle the cap situation no matter what comes you know, as long as he's the one in control of it. So I think that's a, a huge piece of it as well. 
did you hear what Highsmith said? I think it was yesterday after OTAs about his relationship with Khan. Mm-mm. It's funny, you know, a lot of the players have relationships with Tomlin, which makes sense. Right. But you don't think of a finance guy and then uh, your new GM, but he has a very close relationship with Alex Highsmith. And so there's that camaraderie already. So sure. they're going to work this out. They, these yeah. numbers, it's going to work. I, I have all the faith in the world that they're going to get him signed. And I want him to be a stiller for a long time, long term, because he fits the culture and he fits what I think a player should be that represents the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. Blue collar to the core is Alex Highsmith. All right. You mentioned Trubisky and his decision to re-sign with the team. Mason Rudolph made the same decision. And it's one of those very interesting topics amongst Steelers nation. So I'm not going to even throw any ideas out there, Shannon. I just want to get your raw thoughts on the, the, the Steelers bringing back for, for Trubisky, signing him to an extension, obviously, that's going to keep him here uh, actually until the end of Kenny Pickett's rookie contract with the team. They're signed now through, I believe, 2025, which would be the same uh, unless the fifth-year extension is added mm-hmm. on for, for Kenny Pickett. So um, th- both of these quarterbacks decide to stay in Pittsburgh. Is this a culture thing as well, or is this – Mason Rudolph didn't find anybody out there that really was going to give him anything. So staying put made more sense. What do you think? Tell us. Well, Mitch Trubisky loving it in Pittsburgh does not surprise me because people in the know, uh, you know, his nickname was Biscuit and yeah. when he was at North Carolina as a Tar Heel. Yes. That tells you a lot about him. He is a country boy. He, he doesn't, when you played for the Chicago Bears, and then he played for the Buffalo Bills, which was a lot better situation. But right. then you come to Pittsburgh, and it's a small – I mean, it's almost like a large town. It's I just – I was shocked how – they're the smallest NFL market. I mm. mean, as far as for a city, they're tiny yeah. compared to – you know, they're even smaller. Charlotte's twice as big as Pittsburgh. I did not realize that until I started yeah. looking at the per capita. I think he likes that. You can be just a few minutes. You're outside of the city. You can go hunting. You can go fishing. It fits his personality. He is a very conservative, low-profile guy who values that relationship. If you've heard him talking, he he really is close friends with Kenny Pickett. Now, this is the guy who took his position. Yeah. But <laughs> they are very close. They work out together two years in a row in Florida, you know, in the beginning of the offseason. So – Here's a guy, and I've always said this, you have to, when you're talking about, I say a million dollars one way or the other, you got to look at the big picture and all the benefits that you can have. Look at Charlie Batch. You know, he had a, his experience was the Detroit Lions. Yeah. And he, you know, he came to Pittsburgh. He loved it. Nine seasons. And, and he was a quality backup. Yes. He was a reliable, faithful backup when he was in the game. I didn't throw into town and say, this game's over. I had faith in him. Right. And there's no reason that Trubisky can't have that long-term. Somewhere along the line, you got to say, it might not be in the cards for me to be a starting quarterback. Right. Absolutely. And then you say, this is a great opportunity to be a long-term backup at a place that I love, my family loves, I love the, the, the franchise, and they love me. To me, that makes sense. Now, 
to me, Rudolph come back because he didn't really have any other offers. Now right. he says he got calls. And I'm sure his agents might have got called. Might have been the XFL, might have been the USFL. It might have been teams looking for a quarterback three. Because with the new rule, that third quarterback's yes. dressing. That doesn't yes. mean he's getting in the game, but he is dressing. So I think there might have been interest that way. But I do not believe that anybody was calling his agent saying we want him as a quarterback too. Because if he was offered that opportunity, he would have took it. Right. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Um, I think you made an, an excellent point from the Steelers' perspective about dr- being able to dress that third quarterback. And you mentioned it on the, the Slack channel as well, that it was probably a huge reason for wanting to kind of roll back with a guy of Mason's experience instead of going with um, somebody who is not nearly as experienced in an offense has starting experience and in, in the NFL, you know, cause if you need that emergency quarterback and then you have to turn to, um, you know, small school guy, you're trying to give a shot to as an undrafted yeah. free agent. Um, I can't remember the name of the, of the kid that the Steelers uh, got as a UDFA from Minnesota. Um, uh, Tanner Morgan. Yeah, that's correct. Tanner Morgan. Um, you know, I feel much comfortable, much more comfortable, and I'm sure the Steelers do too, <laughs> rolling Mason Rudolph out there as their emergency quarterback as opposed to Tanner Morgan. So yeah. definitely a move that made sense. Um, let's let's talk about uh, the other quarterback in the room, though the guy we have so many expectations for. And I, I had a, you know, it's, it's funny that they were talking about him bulking up and everything. So mm-hmm. my question to you is, skinny? Pick it no more. <laughs> so this guy's getting big. And uh, I don't know, you know, what that's going to do necessarily for him. Obviously, reading the field and and playing quarterback, maybe not so much, but maybe to prevent some of the injuries. And maybe his his trainers and, and staff were like, hey man, let's let's put on a little weight here so you can withstand some of the the heat that you're gonna take, especially as a as a mobile guy. Do you think this helps him in a significant way heading into 2023? Well, these guys like Kenny Pickett, uh, I've never had that problem. But they they start out the year one weight, and they gradually lose weight as the season goes on. So he ended hmm. up, I think, like 218 or 217, he said. And it's hard to take the pounding. Now, hopefully with this new offensive line, he won't have to take as much of a pounding as yes. he did last year, but <laughs> it's still, strong. it's still very physical. And so if he can start out obviously at a higher weight and it's muscle, he's not apt to lose as much muscle through the course of the season. People don't right. realize that Jack Lambert was six, four, six, five. He played at two thirty something to start the season. He was in the two teens by the end of the year. And you could literally see him, yeah, lose weight because of how hard he played and trained. And um, so for some guys, that is a real issue. And that's why the, the Lambert always tried to get his weight up in the offseason. Sure. You know, and, and now they have much better dietary programs and, and training programs to help with that. But you can tell he looks more swole. I was going to say, yeah, he you really can does. definitely yeah. tell. Yeah. 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 Sometimes these guys come in and they say, yeah, I added 10, mm. 15 pounds of muscle over to something you're like, uh, I don't know about that, buddy. It's like, yeah, 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I, we can safely say it's not 
a Kevin Dotson 15 no, extra no, pounds no. Yeah. Um, that he was getting <laughs> blasted for a couple years ago. So, um, and kind of going back to um, what we were talking about with Trubisky and Rudolph, I, I think uh, another big player in this whole thing was Kenny and the relationship that these mm-hmm. three guys have together that they built last year, the way Kenny Pickett took the starting role humbly and um, wasn't lording over Trubisky. And you don't know everything that goes on in the locker room, but from everything we hear, Pickett was gracious. He was a professional through and through. Trubisky understood that, that his role might be changing. He embraced it. He was a professional through and through. And I think their relationship all kind of a, a key factor in in returning and and maybe they see too that that this could be a special team moving forward because mm-hmm. I think Shannon you and I both agree that they've got some pieces in place to even in 2023 make some noise and then who knows what they could do uh, with the chemistry they'll build this year this is a young team that has that has really good players that are young especially on the offensive side of the ball what could they do moving forward how long is that window opening for you know, maybe Trubisky says, I want to be a part of that in a place where I know I'm going to be appreciated and where I know they're going to treat me right. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's something else that I think a lot of people's overlooking. We got the Bengals who are going to have to work out a extension with Joe Burrows, and he's more than likely going to be the top played quarterback in the league. Uh, I figure that's what, you know, he might take a little bit less, but it's going to be up there, and yeah. it's going to hinder them moving forward. Well, Lamar Jackson got his money. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he well, he got his money. He guaranteed. got his money and some other people's yeah, money too. Yeah, yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> well, yeah. everybody's like, "Well, Kenny Pickett might not never be a top five quarterback." I don't care. Yeah, if he's top ten, but he wins, that's what matters, right? And if that's the case, you know, he might not demand top quarterback money. They might be yeah. able to keep him at a more reasonable price when they do his extension or after his fifth year, if he works out. So, you know, again, (laughs) there's a lot of advantages. It's great to have the superstar quarterback, but the Steelers had a superstar quarterback and Tony Brown, Le'Veon Bell, all those guys, but they were always a piece or two away, a bad injury here or there away. Um, I like what the Steelers are doing. To me, they're trying to build – a complete roster in the mold of a Philadelphia Eagles, yes. a San Francisco 49ers. And there, therefore, you can stay competitive year after year with making a simple move here or there. You have to make some tough decisions, obviously, with, against the cap. But when you're paying your quarterback like the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns are at the top of the line, you know, mm. that, that takes a large portion of your cap. It really does. And, you know, w- like you said, what the Steelers are building, it, it's got it's got the pieces where it can work. And you see them kind of turning back the clock a little bit um, to the early 2000s style of of building a roster where we've got a defense here that we trust. Mm-hmm. We've got star players on every level of this defense that we trust to keep us in games. And then if we can get this young offense to work, if we can get this quarterback just to deliver the ball to our bevy of playmakers and and not mess it up for us necessarily, mm-hmm. maybe we can ride that to success. 
And a lot of a lot of us forget. I know I do. In the in the absence of T.J. Watt, in the portion of the season last year where the team really kind of fell apart, if you will, when it all came back together, it was a different looking team. And you had some people step up their game. You had Najee Harris and Jalen Warren really ignite the offense with a more downhill, hard-nosed running style. And you had Kenny Pickett dishing the ball and using his legs and and not trying to, to make all the plays at once, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think the Steelers actually for the first time in several years have an identity about them mm-hmm. on both sides of the football and as a collective unit, and that's going to help them moving forward. Um, Shannon, let's talk about some wide receivers that uh, are going to pique our interest throughout the offseason here. Let's start with a guy they drafted in the fourth round last year who didn't get a, a chance to play a single snap in the regular season for the team, and that's Calvin Austin the third, CA3. I like to call him. I don't know if you like to call him that, yeah, but yeah. Um, he's getting reps in OTAs, and it's exciting. I know we're not seeing a lot, but it's exciting to think about his explosiveness. What are your expectations for him? Not necessarily for the season yet, but for this offseason, what do you want to see out of Calvin Austin uh, and the team's usage of Calvin Austin as we go through training portion of the offseason? Well, first and foremost, no injuries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they, exactly. I was so excited uh, about when they picked him last season because he's the type of guy, he brings that speed element. A lot of guys are fast, but he's track fast. Yes. I mean, 4-3-2, it's been a while since the Steelers had Mike Wallace was the last guy that could claim that. And we know what Wallace did. And last year, there were so many plays that guys got the ball, and whether it was Deontay Johnson, whether it was on, you know, a jet sweep, and they got 8 to 10 yards. But if they just got a little bit more speed, could have turned that corner or made somebody miss, they could have took it to the house. And you just, it's exciting to think about Austin. Just watch his, not even his highlight package, just his game film from Memphis. Yeah. The cat is just got that fifth gear. He really, yeah, he could just run away. But a lot of guys are fast when they're small, you know, a scat back type, Darren Sproles, people like that. Right. Yeah. But he's stockier built than you realize. And he broke some tackles. Mm-hmm. when he was in college, but he's very elusive. Yeah, And that's the kind of guy that if he can get you off balance and he cuts behind you, then he can take you to the house. Um, I see them being used because we know that what the Steelers playing is. They're going heavy power, smash mouth football. They're going to do a lot of outside zone because they got the athletes to do it. Yeah, They bring in Darnell Washington. I mean, it just set up so beautifully for Harris and Warren. Well, you get everybody flowing one direction because they're going to have a tough time slowing this running game down, I truly believe. Then you do them jet sweeps to yeah. the backside or or get Austin matched up on a linebacker or a safety. And if he catches the ball, he could be gone. So yeah, absolutely. that is the one aspect that I thought they really missed last year is they did not have anybody super elusive or super fast. Yeah. Well, you know, Warren – you know, he looked like he was moving, you know, fast forward a lot of times. Right. After watching yeah. the other guys, you know, because even Pickens, he could get deep, but he was 
he kind of running not full speed because he wants to get his body because he has such great body control. Yeah. He wants to high point the ball. And that's what a lot of his deep balls were. Hopefully he's worked on his footwork and improved his route running. But they didn't have anybody that had that elusiveness and that speed last year. Warren was the closest thing. And sure. so I think we're all excited about the possibilities, even in the offense with Canada, you know, hands all over it. And he, we know mm. what he wants to do. I see him being a real big play option. Yeah. If, if there's one thing the Steelers have been missing now for several seasons, it's, it's the ability to score from anywhere. And maybe Calvin Austin gives them a little bit more of that. And, um, you know, you, you just remember Martavis Bryant and they're different players, so you can't really compare them. But what Martavis Bryant brought to the offense for Pittsburgh was, I don't care if we're at the two yard line, I can, I'm Ben Roethlisberger, I can throw this ball up down the sideline. And if he catches it, he can either outrun everybody to the end zone or make a couple of people miss and, and give us 60, 70 yards before we, you know, maybe we have to finish in the red zone, but We've already seen Matt Canada's offense when when it's clicking, it can chew up clock, it can do long drives that tire out a defense. And you know, once you get to the red zone, then you hope that he's got enough to dial up left to get them in the end zone. That was a problem last year. Mm-hmm. But if what separates this offense from the the slow moving uh, show that it was last year to mm-hmm. the next level is if they can add some explosion, maybe Calvin Austin can provide that um one thing i would love to see the steelers utilize him in is is maybe the punt return game or the kick return game and some facet as well um just because like you said if he finds a crease he mm-hmm. he's got that speed where it, he, it, he could just be gone and games turn in the nfl against really good teams on special teams a lot we've seen it against buffalo uh in week one a couple years ago we've seen it against a good teams like Cincinnati too, where, you know, special teams, a play on special teams can change the outcome against a really good team. And uh, the Steelers can use all the help they can get against all the explosive talent that they will see in the AFC. Absolutely. One thing I, I want to mention is right now they've got bird, the run, uh, wide receiver from San Diego state. They brought in Graham for Morgan state, the running back. Yeah. And a lot of people was talking about them being that special teams guy, that kick return or punt return. That's not the perfect scenario. The perfect scenario is a guy who's actually going to contribute yeah. in the offense, like Calvin Austin. It, if everything worked out just right, he will win that. Because yeah. I think we're going to see kickoffs become even less of a factor yes. this year with this new rule. Um, I think that you might see more squib kicks to try to, you know, uh, get uh, better, you know, keep uh, the field position down. Uh, because if they fair catch it now, anywhere it's going to be at the 25. Right. So if you kick it in the end zone, so there's going to be even less returns, in my opinion, unless you do squib kick it. So, but punt returns is something that I think Austin did do when he was at Memphis and yeah. uh, it would be great if he could be that threat, you know, be reliable because right. ball security, as we know, you can ask Gunnar Oshetsky, you have to have ball security or you yes. ain't going to be back there for the Steelers very long. But That's very if, if he could be the guy there, 
that's the best of both worlds. So I would be working him. I was asked, I asked Nick Farball last week. I'm like, did he get any punter? And he's like, well, they ain't working on that yet. I just still had the punter kicking him the freaking ball. Yeah. <laughs> can, can he field it clean? You know, yeah. how does he look? Because he needs all them reps he can get. He absolutely does. And uh, I was going to say, when you're talking about adding somebody who's got some shiftiness on offense, you know, Deontay Johnson, you could say has shiftiness, but we'd like to see somebody whose shiftiness moves them forward up the field instead of backwards. So maybe Calvin Austin can show him how to do that a little bit. <laughs> Let's talk about another wide receiver, Shannon, that you've loved since he came out in the draft um, a few years ago. It hasn't really been able to, to land on his feet at the NFL level, but maybe he's got a second chance here. Hakeem Butler. Um, out of Iowa State, I believe is where he played in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, drafted by the Cardinals, high expectations for him, didn't work out. Um, the, the Cardinals have a habit of making things not work out for themselves yeah, a little yeah. bit. So maybe in Pittsburgh, that changes a little bit. What do you see his role could be? Because they, they do have the guy who who was gunner for them last year at wide receiver, remind me, Miles Boykin. Yeah, Miles Boykin. I'm sorry. I'm struggling with names tonight. <laughs> but um, they st- they have him. They kind of profile similarly uh, at big, tall, fast receivers. Do you think Butler is a little more explosive? That's how he could fit in. Maybe he sees more work on offense. What do you see uh, as a potential for Hakeem Butler and his chances at a roster spot? I wanted Hakeem Butler back during his when he was in the draft. I thought he'd been a great third-round value. I would have even considered him in the second round. And when the Steelers, and you just mentioned him, picked Deontay Johnson. Yeah. I was so (laughs) upset. I was like, I just, you know, Ben had been screaming he wanted a big receiver. Yes. A receiver with size, a good high point the ball, had a good catch radius, catch the ball away from his body. All the things that Butler could do. Well, the Steelers were right, and I was wrong. Because Deontay Johnson has been much more productive. They've seen his incredible route running, his elusiveness, the ability to yeah. get open against press coverage. So they were right. And then Butler, but as we know, it's location, location, location. Yeah. He goes to Arizona, and that style of offense with the quarterbacks they had at that point, you know, it doesn't shock me that he did not find success. Because the offense he ran in at Ohio State was much different. And he, he was getting a lot of balls thrown to him uh, that was 50-50 balls where he was just using his size and his ability. A guy is 6'5". He's got 35-inch arms. We're talking about arm length like Broderick Jones, like uh, Zion Johnson, these guys in the, the coming out in the draft with this incredible wingspan. He's got an incredible catch radius. I was shocked. I watched him in uh, the XFL, and I was really impressed. And it seemed like he's improved. He catches the ball away from his body. He's a hands catcher now. And he's he's shielding guys like an a NBA rebounder. And he's he's all, he kind of plays like a big, mobile tight end. And I thought, he's working out of the slot. I said, man, that's what I thought Chase – uh, Claypool could do it last year and it never panned out. I see Butler being able to offer that from the slot, being able to block, uh, you know, where they used Gunnar Oshevsky a lot last year 
and they use Miles Boykin, who really isn't a threat as a receiver. They can use Butler in all them roles, but he could really be dominant around the red zone and out of working out of the slot because he's got a huge size advantage. But I don't know if you've seen the drills they were showing yesterday. He's retained that speed that I figured he'd lost, but he has still kept himself in shape. And based on the quickness he was showing in them drills, it appears he still has that speed. So I'm very intrigued. And I think he has a real shot to, to make that roster. You're muted. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> muted. <laughs> You're right. Uh, <laughs> I was saying, as far as I'm concerned, Shannon, and I don't know about you, that wide receiver three spot is an open competition. I know they brought in Allen Robinson. They like what he could potentially be, but there's there's a good shot. He's he's lost it as a as a as an athlete to the point where maybe he's not going to be able to to get back to what he was able to do uh, with the with the Bears and uh, with the Jaguars when he was when he was um, signed by the Bears. But um, you know, it's it's one of those things where. You know, you've got some. You've got guys with different skill sets. You've got Calvin Austin the third, who's that that little guy out of the slot who can who can be shifty mm-hmm. and do all that. Then you've got some of these these trees out there in Butler, Allen Robinson, and even the tight ends who I think will play a huge role in that wide mm-hmm. receiver three role, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's wide open to me. So a guy like Butler, if he has a really good training camp, if he builds a rapport with a quarterback like Kenny Pickett in this offense, and that he's got the upper hand already with the natural talent and athleticism that you see. Can he put it all together? If he does, he's a viable option for wide receiver three, wide receiver four, just like all of these guys. And you got to be excited about the depth at wide receiver for the Steelers this year. Um, even in some of the players that project either to maybe be practice squad tryout guys, or, uh, you know, guys who can make the back end and potentially, uh, make an impact down the road if there's an injury or they're called into action at some point. So absolutely fantastic um, room for the Steelers. I think wide mm-hmm. receiver could be considered, especially if George Pickens really takes that leap this year, uh, mm-hmm. it could be really a strength for them moving forward. Um, oh, go we ahead. Really? We really need to take a five second break. Okay. So the day we can have our commercial break, but thank you five seconds and then we'll be right back. Yep, sounds good. Let's do it right now, and we'll be back on the Steel Curtain Call in just a minute. All righty, we're back. Time to keep rocking and rolling here on the Curtain Call. <laughs> Shannon, it's been fun so far. Oh, boy. And, uh, I, thank you for reminding me of the break. I'm just rolling through this because it's live, <laughs> and I'm like, let's go, let's go. I didn't want to forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have done that a couple times and I, I don't want to do it again. So thank you for that. Um, let's talk about, um, the, the rest of the roster here where potentially some weaknesses still remain. We, we know where this team is strong. I think it's, it's pretty clear where the true strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of that is maybe starters are, are really good. Some depth could be an issue, but I think where it still jumps out at you, um, after the Marcus Golden so- signing outside linebacker seems to be in, in much better shape than it was even just a day ago, a week ago, mm-hmm. but inside linebacker, Shannon, it's the big question uh, for a lot of Steelers fans. I want to know how you feel about it. 
because I feel like it's it's got a chance to be an issue if the Steelers, um, if some of these players don't work out necessarily, uh, or maybe um, they're thrown into coverage responsibilities a little bit more than we're hoping that they'll have to be. How do you feel about inside linebacker? Because some people think it's a real big issue. It's been an issue since Ryan Shazir went down. Yeah. I'm an old timer. I've loved the Steelers for so long since the seventies. And when I was a little boy and again, I can remember the late seventies, the last couple of Super Bowls, And um, I was just learning to love the Steelers, learning to love football. And the Steelers are renowned for having great centers for great wide receivers for great, Inside linebackers. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> linebackers in general. And I've, I've, there's been so many great linebackers, underrated linebackers that for this franchise, people don't even talk about because yeah. you're talking about some of the, you know, when you're talking about Lambert and Kirkland and Shazir and these guys down through the years, yeah, these last few years have been so pitiful. It's anemic. They, they, but the problem is they keep trying retreads. They're like, okay, this guy three years ago was good. Let's bring him to Pittsburgh and maybe he'll be good again. Well, there's a reason he wasn't good the last two years. Sure. And they keep bringing in these retreads. And that's why this year, as everybody knows, my draft crush was Jack Campbell. I said, once and for all, they need to sign a, a high draft pick, a top inside linebacker. That could be that leader on the interior. That's the perfect scenario. When your inside linebacker is your leader on defense, he wears the dot. And, you know, everybody respects him and how he plays. He might not be your best defensive player, but mm. he is that leader. Yeah. The Steelers have not had that for a long time now. And they haven't had that special player there since Ryan Shazier. Yeah. So this year, last year was just terrible. It was god awful. I'm sorry. Uh, Miles Jacks come in. He was two years past his expiration date. <laughs> and and I, I warned everybody, because I had people I knew down in that area saying, hey, he's washed. And, and that's why he was available. Devin Bush, he come in. He looked like he was going to be something. And the injury happened. But then it was an attitude problem. I could never get past that attitude. The nonchalant lack of effort. I wanted him gone. Thankfully, he is. You love Robert Spillane. And I'm so happy he got that deal. Yeah. But he is limited at what he can be. You know, he gets by on intelligence and instincts and effort. <laughs> but, you know, he's limited athletically. So it was so soft last year. Mm -hmm. Now they brought in guys that fit a certain um, style of play. Yeah. Holcomb plays like his hair's on fire. He's downhill. He's aggressive and he's physical. That's all I ask. Uh, right. Landon Roberts, same thing. I mean, the guy, well, he'll put a lick on you. Yeah. Then you got Mark Robertson. What he can become, we don't know. He is a much better athlete than people realize. This dude was a running back. His athleticism is very similar to a young Miles Jacks. Sure. Who was also a running back in college. So Robertson is just raw, and he's going to have to learn to play coverage. And it probably ain't going to happen this year. He's probably still going to be limited in what he can provide there. So they don't have another coverage guy. So we, you know, we've been, they talked to Quan Alexander. 
And people saying we need another guy, and I can see that. Yeah. Because I think they're going to have the run stopping, run stuffing part down and the physicality. Yeah. But the coverage part, I've heard all these different ideas. You know, they're going to have Kanan Neal come down and kind of be a dimebacker. You know, sure. there, there's, but sometimes you get caught with a certain package out there. Right. They go hurry up, the whatever. And then you can't do these shifts and these changes. So you'd like to have somebody who could do both. I think Cole Holcomb is better in coverage than people realize. Roberts is not. He At this point, yeah. he is what he is. Roberts said if he could be that guy to step up. But I do think they will try to bring in somebody else. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and just kind of going back to free agency a little bit, it's why I was so disappointed and bummed when the team couldn't retain Terrell Edmonds because I figured yeah, yeah. the role he could play for this team um, after some of those earlier signings of Holcomb and, and Roberts was kind of that that um, box linebacker, if you will, that box safety that handled some of those coverage duties. So now the Steelers are going to have to pivot. And uh, But if there's anybody who can pivot, I think it's Terrell Austin. I think it's uh, Mike Tom. I think they, they can they can make it work. And so part of, part of what it is about being a fan is just hopefully trusting your coaches to, to make it work to a point as well when – when because you, you do have limited resources as a team, so you can't go out and sign everybody good. Um, this isn't baseball, you know. <laughs> You're not, and if for Pittsburgh, if it was baseball, it'd be terrible anyway. So, um, you know, it so we're lucky uh, there's a salary cap, we're lucky the NFL is designed yeah. as it is. But, um, so you, you, I, I personally trust the coaches to be able to figure something out here. They're seasoned guys, they know how to to put together a defense. And let's also remember too, this pass rush is the thing that makes the defense go. Mm -hmm. And you can be a little bit, uh, a little bit less than a plus in coverage uh, sometimes because that pass rush is so good. Now you got to hope your guys stay healthy. Obviously you're playing a, a risk reward game here a little bit, mm -hmm. but every team has to do it somewhere the Steelers seem to have decided that this year they're going to do that at coverage linebacker. And maybe there's a move still out there to be made because it's Omar Khan and he's, he's shown mm -hmm. time and time again that he's willing to make those moves. So, but if you go for Quan Alexander, is that another guy who's two years past his prime? Like you're talking about uh, with some of these other guys, <laughs> it seems to me at some point the Steelers are going to have to, um, and they tried to do it with Devin Bush. We'll give them credit for that. They tried to do it with Bush. But they're going to have to find another one of those those guys in the mold of a Ryan Shazier because I've always said it. I, I think from what you've said, you you would say the same thing. The Steelers' defense is never exactly right unless there is a dog at at linebacker mm -hmm. roaming the middle of the field. Mm -hmm. And that I grew up Shannon on um, Larry Foot and yeah. and James Ferrier and those guys perennially underrated as a duo especially Farrier, one of the greatest free agency signings that this team has ever done. And he was such a huge part of the leadership of that defense, uh, of those defenses in the, in the early 2000s. And, you know, the Steelers are never right unless they have one of those mm -hmm. guys there on defense. So hopefully they can make it work, but it's going to have to be something that they address at some point, probably not this year. They've spent 
most of their resources already. Let's see what happens. But um, you have any final thoughts on OTAs? Anything else you're looking forward to here in the coming weeks? Maybe something on the on the schedule you're looking forward to um, before we try to close this thing out. Well, I did want to mention one more thing about the inside linebacker. Last year, I was really pulling for Chad Muma. Yeah. And he went to Jacksonville, and they took a a, a guy ahead of him, and also at the inside linebacker. Yeah. And I Lloyd, cannot think of the guy's right? name. But Muma actually had a stronger start to his career. And that guy, because he was a higher pick. He Devin was, Lloyd, he, I believe it was. What, yeah, I think it was. Devin yes. Yeah. And then he come it kind of took a lot of Muma's playing time. And they said that Muma might even be available. I, there was some rumors at one point mm. about that. And I thought, hey, like I like Muma last year. I like Jack Campbell this year. If Muma was available, you know, Con might try to make a still make a move there. They still might try to make a trade if the opportunity arose, the, you know, to fill that. Because I think they realize that. If you look at it now, especially after signing Golden today, you would mm-hmm. have to say coverage linebacker and strong safety is two yeah. areas of need. Some people will say slot corner. But I think the slot corner, but what we're seeing, I think we're going to see more press, more aggressive, mm-hmm. hands-on press coverage. Uh, Peterson can do it to a point still. That's Joey yep. Porter's, you know, when you got that kind of reach, yeah, you need to His be pressing people. If Trace is anything like we think he is, or at least I do, I think he's going to make the team. Yeah. And it wouldn't shock me to see him be used in a tight end coverage kind of role. Because sure. few guys can match up with tight end size and length. He can. And, he, you know, he's fast as Porter. So, yeah. I think we're seeing them put together by what they've done this offseason that they're going to have some answers that where they'll be able to maybe not have those outlets uh, to where, yeah. you know, when the pass rush was just about to get there, the guys were dumping the ball off because the middle of the field was always wide open. That middle of the field coverage is still a concern. So, yeah. you know, right now we're not going to learn a lot during OTA. Um the things that we really want to know about, like what are they, what is their answer yeah. for this projected hole in the center of the field as far as coverage? Because again, Kanan Neal is not a good cover safety. That is not his strength. Yeah. He's a hitter. That's yeah. What he even is. if you're yeah. going to make him the dime backer, he is not yeah. good at coverage. So there's still an hole there yeah. and there's still answers, but they still have one or two positions on the 90 man before training camp, even yeah. after signing Bolden. I mean, uh, Golden. So I'm, a, I'm really anxious to see if who they might bring in next. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I liked what you said about a trade because um, I think the, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the route they use at mm-hmm. inside linebacker potentially because it's not a premium position. So, you know, maybe a, a exactly. team looking to dump a salary or something like that, the Steelers could send a, a mid to late round draft pick and, um, still get a, get a guy that can really kind of fill that role. Cause I think it, you, you're not looking for that all world guy necessarily mm-hmm. with the guys that they have, but just somebody who can fulfill a role for you, be a role player specifically as at coverage linebacker. And, you know, if you, if you land something like that, then I think you gotta be, you gotta be feeling pretty good about 
um, your defense. There's one other thing that I think we got to remember. And one of the reasons why I know you are and Andrew and a lot of us are so excited about Khan and yeah. Weidel is that this is a this isn't your father's still yeah. his front office. Exactly. These guys used to, if you had like right now, we got seven picks next year. You have seven picks. Yeah. They might make <laughs> a crazy trade during draft day, but there was no will in the deal, and there wasn't any accumulating future picks or using a future pick to uh, help the team now. Well, we seen what Con did in moving up to get Jones and then trading to move back into the fourth round. And he's he that's just the modern way to build a roster. Yeah. And these guys exactly. are more up to date and more willing. And you got to give the Rooney's credit. They're like, you do you. We yeah. trust you. And they and they hey, it worked out great. This is the best draft in my lifetime that I can remember. I don't remember yeah. 74. I was too little. So, sure. <laughs> you know, so I think that it would not be out of the realm to realize that they may make a trade between yeah. now and training camp even and bring in a guy like that, that, you yeah. know, to fill that last remaining hole. Because honestly, if Kenny Pickett is the man that I think he is, because again, I don't care about numbers, where he's ranked at, at the end of his career. I want a winner. So you yeah. got to have leadership. You got to have uh, courage and you got to be clutch. And he showed all that last year. He did. So if he is the answer that I think he is, the Steelers, they, their rebuild has went up a couple of years. I mean, they're ready to get in there and start to compete for playoffs now. I agree with you. And, I wanted to mention two things in regards to what you just said before we wrap up. Number one, Mike Tomlin, what's he always saying about defense? We're looking for splash, right? We're looking for splash. Well, that was never said about the front office under Kevin Colbert and and company, (laughs) (laughs) but we finally got some people who getting us some splash baby on the front office and who knows if it'll actually work out. We still have to see this draft class in action, obviously, but you're right on paper. Uh, according to, you know, what we try to to project our thoughts into mm-hmm. the Steelers front office, this was a fantastic draft class, and I'm excited to see what they can do. And then going back to talking about Kenny Pickett, I wanted to make a kind of an, a contrast here with Kenny to another quarterback in the AFC that everybody talks about, that everybody loves, and that's Justin Herbert. Here's my contrast. Justin Herbert puts up all the stats, all the pretty things, all the beautiful throws. He's got he's got all these things, but when it comes down to winning and the intangibles and the things that you that you add to the stats to make an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. we haven't seen that yet. Kenny Pickett, we see those intangibles in spades, I would say. And yeah. the stats weren't there last year, but stats are fluky as it is. I'd rather have a guy where I've seen the intangibles um, on display on the field that I know when, if I need a play that this guy has it in him to do it. And I'd rather much rather see that and stats that could improve. than this guy's got all the stats in the world, all the Kirk cousin numbers in the world. But when Mm -hmm. it comes to the big moment, you just don't know if he's, if he's got it in him and, and you're relying on, 
fluke or help from another team to be able to get it. But so that's just my contrast there. I don't know if you agree with it, but I oh, I, I, like I it. totally agree with it. And here's the thing: it's the it factor, and you can take the best college quarterback, and until he gets to the pros and he proves he has the it factor, you don't know. And there's still guys, and you mentioned one just then, who's been around for a while who still has not proven that they yeah. have the it factor. And if you don't have the it factor, you don't win championships. And right. as we all know, that's the Steelers' goal every year is to win another Lombardi. And that's right. so I have faith that Kenny Pickett has the it factor, and but he's got to prove it. Yeah. And I think now – a lot of those excuses and, and the hindrances he had last year are gone. So I'm yep. excited about it. I'm looking forward to the rest of the OTAs, getting into training camp, and I want to try to get up there and, and see some camp. And yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm just excited because I do believe it all hinges on picket now, mm. but I do believe he can be the answer. So Sounds great. Well, Shannon, we've talked about a lot on today's episode. But there's a lot we didn't even touch yet. Darnell Washington, the tight end room, the the connection that's going to be growing. So what I'm trying to say with all this is everybody listening to this, keep coming back to the Steel Curtain Network, to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, as Jeff Hartman likes to say. Yes, that website still exists. <laughs> and we are putting out content all the time on all of these platforms. If you want more NFL content, go to FFSN underscore NFL on Twitter and check out all of the fans for sports network shows. Uh, we probably got your team, whatever the sport. So check all those out. And then steel curtain network, part of that, that uh, group of shows as well from FFSN. So we're happy to keep bringing you content. It's our passion. We love it. We're just happy that there's people out there who like to listen to us <laughs> babble on about all this. So, um, you know, you guys all have a fantastic Wednesday night and, the weekend is just around the corner, Shannon. That's good yeah. news as well. Uh, any last thoughts before we go? Or are you good to go? Just, again, thank you for uh, yeah. guest hosting tonight. It's been a Absolutely. blast. I knew it would be. Uh, and and just enjoy talking and still football. And if everybody watching and listening, and uh, everybody have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Yes, everybody have a great holiday. I'll be celebrating my sixth anniversary with my wife, so we're going to have a great time as well. Happy anniversary. And, uh, Thank you very much. And that'll do it for us here on The Curtain Call. Thanks for joining in live, and thanks for listening uh, on wherever you get your podcast as well. For Shannon Wright, I'm Jeremy Betts. We'll talk to you next time.